gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of Vinyl Stallions. Stallions. And we have a fantastic guest today. We have Miss Lily Richards, manager of marketing and label operations at Atlantic Records here today. Lily, what is happening? Hello, guys. Life is pretty good right now, I would say. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. Our pleasure. And you're posted up in New York, correct? That I am. I'm actually currently sitting in my office right now, which is in Midtown. I'm just north of Times Square. And yeah, I've been living in New York City for the past eight years in total. And we recently started coming back to our office in February. So I have the luxury of having equipment around me. I got a mic strapped up. I have a <laughs> ring light. I got, I'm in full effect right now. You got a nice so, color behind you. you oh yeah, exactly. I'm ready so, to rock. So are you never going to leave New York now that you've been there eight years? <sighs> never say never, but it would take, it would take a lot. I, um, the line I've been rolling with recently is I feel like my personality, I either need to be like absolutely in the thick of everything, which is New York because you're just surrounded by everything or I need absolute desolation. So like put me on a mountain in Montana somewhere where there's not even like Wi-Fi, and I am great, but anything <laughs> on the in-between, I still don't know how to figure out and get acquainted with. So, um, if anything, I'm just in the market for a mountain house in the middle of nowhere. If you guys got any contacts, I'll start putting some feelers <laughs> out, you know, <laughs> appreciate it. But so, so Lily is from Cleveland, uh, as well, we all are, but yes. what is the biggest difference that you found? I guess, like, like going to New York and, uh, like what made you want to say that? Cause you went to Fordham, correct? I did. And yeah. how far is that outside of like the city? Is it in the city? Yeah, so technically, um, New York City is five boroughs. Mm -hmm. And those boroughs are what everyone thinks of as like, quote unquote, New York City, which is Manhattan. And then you also have Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx and Staten Island. So that is like what encapsulates New York City. So where I went to school, um, Fordham has two campuses. They have a Bronx campus and they have a Manhattan campus. So I was at the Bronx, which is more of like quintessential campus vibes. Um, the liberal arts school, the business school is all up there. And then their campus down in Manhattan is more like performing arts, visual arts, their um, law school is down there. So where I was up in the Bronx, um, to get down to like Manhattan or to get more to like where the action was is like a 30 minute ride on the subway or something. But to like say that's where the action is, it's like actions everywhere yeah. here, I guess, <laughs> is like the best way to describe it. So like even up in the Bronx, that's where like Yankee Stadium is, right? So like my mm -hmm. school was like 20 minutes from Yankee Stadium. So what drew me to New York originally, I guess, um, my mother went to Fordham, but it was never really like a focal point in her life. It was just a way that I was like familiar with New York City. And we had some pretty good family friends growing up who lived out in Long Island. So we would take like an annual trip to New York probably every year since I was like really young. And then I did a two month stint, the summer going into eighth grade, where I lived in Manhattan with my mom. And this was back when I was like in um, like acting and theater and doing all that stuff. So I kind of like lived here to like try and live out a 13 year old dream and like auditioned for a bunch of like plays and like commercials and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And so as a 13 year old girl getting to just like be inundated by the city, I completely fell in love. I took the subway all the time. I got to just like walk the streets with my mom and going into high school, I was like, that's it for me. Like, this is where I want to be. And initially thought like, oh, I'm going to go to NYU. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then got older, you know, like interest changed. And I came and visited this like New York, visited some schools. And I was like, oh, and NYU is like, I can't do this. This is weird. Yeah. It's like, there's no campus. Mm -hmm. You're like in the middle of the city. So like, it is a college, but you're not really getting like a college experience. And 
the Fordham campus when I visited, I felt like provided a happy medium of both. So nice. when it came down to it, I almost went to Ohio State and Fordham was my other option. I submitted two deposits to school because I was so indecisive, but um, New York took the cake and I'm so, so grateful and happy that this is where I landed. That's awesome. That's so, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so it's- That was a long answer. Sorry about that. No, this no, is exactly- what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's everything right there. Um, but no, yeah, but, I mean, I just asked because I've heard like once you get it, get in, you don't get out. Like everyone just, yeah, absolutely will just bask in it and loves everything about it. So, yeah. So it's, the, the, I guess the biggest difference from Cleveland is like for me, it's, I can exit my door in the morning and just like pick what I want to do that day. And there's accessibility to have the means to be able to do exactly that and do whatever I want. Like I can, Go to any museum i can like take the train up to like fordham campus i can just like it's just ripe for exploration and anything that like you seek you will find at some point and i like i i also say this a lot like i don't think i've driven a car since january of 2022 like i just <laughs> get to walk and take the subway and do all that everywhere so like i'll go home and visit cleveland and be staying at my mom's house and I'll be like, I'm going to go walk to Whole Foods. She's like, why are you walking? I'm like, mom, it's like a 10 minute walk. She's like, oh, hop in the car. I'm like, I refuse. I will be the weirdo <laughs> walking down the sidewalks to go about my day. And so that's a big difference too. I don't, there's no cars for me, at least around here. And if you did have a car in that city, I feel like it'd be hell. So you're doing Awful it right. Parking situation. Like, no, mm -hmm. no bueno. <laughs> just no, just no. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So then you graduated Fordham and then you went immediately into being a sales intern at Atlantic Records, correct? Yes, I did. I, Tell us um, about that. Tell us how you just, how did this draw to you? You, you, you explained you had to start um, as a 13 year old, wanted to be in, just involved in the arts and the music and whatnot, but yeah. how did this come to fruition? Yeah. So um, music wasn't necessarily like front of mind for my whole life. Like understanding and learning about the music industry really came more so with me getting my internship and then getting my job and uh obviously just like anyone else and just like so many people that you guys have had on like have always had an affinity for music in whatever way shape or form that looks like everyone's a fan right it's so easy to just be a fan of music but um mm -hmm. it was my second semester of my senior year of college I was an international politics and econ major. And I'd done a bunch of just random jobs and internships. I like worked for KeyBank earlier that summer doing like sales and trading. I was working for a real estate agency at the time on weekends, just like as a receptionist doing that kind of stuff. And still just trying to figure out like, where the heck am I gonna land like upon graduation? Cause like, I have no idea. And um, never would I think I would think a college job fair for providing me with my current opportunity, but Whoa. a rep, I know, right? That's what, the, a rep. that's what they tell you always. They say, go to these job fairs. And, and I'm like, fuck, no, 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 no. Like literally fuck off. Like who, who could ever say that? But I struck, <laughs> I struck up a conversation with a rep slash recruiter from Warner Music Group which is the parent company of Atlantic Records where I currently work and landed an internship for my last semester of school in the sales department. So sales has now kind of transitioned fully into the streaming department. And what sales was prior to my time there was truly that, like talking about like sales in Walmart, Kmart, like Target, like it was the distribution of the recorded music that the company was trying to promote. And so when I first started, that was five years ago now. So it was still a little bit of that, but more definitely transitioning into um, working with all the streaming platforms, those being like Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, Google Play a little bit, and 
what I would help do is essentially like compile all of the research and the data on the weekly streams for the artists and the projects that we that were a high priority on our list. So that's how I got my initial exposure and had a lot of fun with that. Our office culture is not normal, I would say. So like, it's yeah, pretty, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty open as far as, you know, the dress code, um, the flexibility, and it was unlike anything I had experienced prior. Like I got to wear whatever I wanted. I got to show up at like 915 and leave at whatever time. Probably and a bit different than Key Bank. <laughs> just just a bit. <laughs> just a bit. I was waking up at like 430 in the morning to catch a train to like be on my trading desk at like 6 a.m. for Key Bank and like wearing heels. I'm like, I don't wear heels point blank period ever in my life like this is weird like i can wear <laughs> sneakers to work every day sick um but um what also came with that i felt like was the openness to kind of talk to anyone like there was a pretty open door policy within the building to talk about music to talk about life to talk about you know people's histories and all of that. And I also felt like there were a lot of people in the building that came from a wide variety of backgrounds and everyone was just unified by, you know, the love of music or the history of music or everything that goes into it. So that was my real training into what the music business really looked like when I started. Like for instance, there's a position called A&R and an A&R is someone who, um, goes out and scouts the artists, they're attending the shows, they're looking at, you know, what's on the uptick on all the different streaming platforms. And they're the ones that are actually signing them and then getting them in the studio. And I, I didn't know what that was until I started my job here. So fast forward, like four or five months into my internship, um, I had developed a rapport with the finance and operations team. So still very internal thing, but they the assistant at the time it was my last day of my internship and we were just chatting and she was talking about her boss and like work and she was like what are you what are you up to after this and i was like i'm going to get dinner she's like no like what are you like what are your plans for once you leave and i was like nothing um i don't know and she was like well i'm leaving and my position is about to go live on the warner music group open job site and I'm totally going to vouch for you. So like go apply. And I got a full-time position as assistant to the CFO and marketing operations assistant in July after I graduated. And then I've kind of just like worked my way up in the same department, though my job has changed ever since then. So yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> What's it like being like more on, I guess, the financial side? Like, obviously, you're still in music, but I guess, yeah. like, how much does your day to day, like, actually involve music? Um, definitely less than a lot of other people that I work with. So, we're for sure the least creative part of the whole organization. But um, what I find value in is the fact that, again, because I had no music background prior to this, like mm -hmm. I have learned the ins and outs of what it looks like to run a business. Like, for instance, I was just training someone today and like our operating systems and like payment systems and the way we pay people out, the way the company, you know, pays for services or vendors or whatever it is we use the same financial platforms that a lot of um organizations that work with like factories and like machinery like it's all kind of the same operations at the end of the day in the back end so to be able to like take that acumen and then apply it to something really creative and fun and interesting i think has been super valuable to me so like yeah day to day i'm not sitting here making video content for Jack Harlow and Cardi B and stuff, but I am paying the people 
I was going to say. That are making all of that content. <laughs> and I also get to have, you know, my eyes and ears on the ground at all times about what's coming, what's done well, you know, what are we anticipating in the coming like financial quarter, the like full year, like taking a broad outlook as far as like the company's expectations and profitability for what we are currently up to as far as like what artists are putting stuff out or, you know, who is in the studio, what can we anticipate in the coming year? And then everything that Atlantic does rolls up under Warner. So it's managing the expectations of like Warner Music, which is this publicly traded company with mm -hmm. the digital marketer who's like, we got to make this TikTok go. And we're like, all right, well, like, let's see if we can, let's see if those line up essentially. That's freaking awesome. I, I think that side of the business is very interesting. I don't know. It just, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's totally there. And it totally has to be done right or else like the records you hear don't get put out the concerts you see don't get put together like at the end of the day it has to make money it, it has to make money and there's so many hands through which all of this is passed all the time in order to make it you know come to be and it's fun especially now as you mentioned like the live events thing like post-covid like things have been non-stop and that's also for us, like on the financial side, even it's, it's fun when stuff's busy too, because it's like, I don't know, it, it feels alive on both sides, both on like the creative side and on the financial side, once like things are on the uptick again. So it's been nice in the past, I think like eight or nine months, I say, I would say for things to be alive again, essentially. And then I still get to reap all the benefits of coming to a very creative and very fun and very unique office now that we are back. And that's something that I've always, as I said earlier, just like been super grateful for. So. Yeah, that does sound awesome. I, I work for a bank, so I'm shirt and tie every day. And I would love nothing more than to be able to wear a t-shirt and slacks into the office. Well, never, never say never. If you think about it, man, I mean, I, the man who's our current CFO, um, his role was similar. He was like a Lehigh grad went into banking or finance or maybe even like accounting or something. And he got mm -hmm. like two and a half, three years in and was like, I am absolutely done and got a job in like Warner music corporate and like slowly worked his way up. And I have another guy on my team, same thing. I think he worked for like Fidelity or worked for someone else when he got out of school and was just like, this ain't it. And they were able to make that transition because they did have a background and they did have an understanding and they have even such a more well-rounded financial perspective that I didn't have because I didn't have the education for it. So the, the perspectives they have and the skill set they brought is still super critical. And they were just able to make a life for themselves that was a little more in line with like what they wanted. So don't don't sell yourself short on that. You can always do it. Well, start, start a record label in Cleveland. I don't dislike the actual work I do. I just don't like wearing a shirt and tie. <laughs> yes, I understand. Has, had, are you working remotely? Are you able to dress down a little bit? Or no. Yeah, we never went remote at any point. So, yep, shirt and tie <laughs> for... <laughs> And then the I'm over here. Years. Yeah, I'm never gonna go into an office again in my life. So I can't can't relate. <laughs> Gigi, what do you do? Remind me. I forget. Um, I actually just started a new gig. Uh it's uh Congrats. company. Yeah, thank you. It's at a company called Mobile Locker. Uh, we're doing tech sales to like pharma biotech and whatnot. Um, but cool. it's like my first real well, so I'm doing it's a very small startup company. So I am definitely touching into a lot of the marketing aspect as well which yeah. is um, why actually this question got brought up. So um, a, a term I'm hearing nowadays on the LinkedIn is called the omni-channel marketing, which is touching mm -hmm. on, yeah, it's, it's, which is marketing, basically just hitting everyone at the same time. But I couldn't imagine doing it with something that everyone out there is seeking, which is the music of your artist. 
Like you guys mm-hmm. have an incredible, like from Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, you guys had f- f- fucking Zeppelin. I see you yeah. uh, <laughs> posting at a little backstage Lizzo concert recently. Yes, she she came in. Uh, she came into the office and played um played some tunes off of her album that's coming out soon, which was nice. It was it not nice. It was really fun. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it 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 looked incredible, and it and again, that's just a casual thing. Does do any of these things like like do these people ever just walk in the hallway? Like like are you, are you ever like starstruck whenever you see someone? So you get that sometimes. Got it a little more pre COVID. Um, the biggest people I've seen in the office, Lizzo walks around. I saw Ty Dolla Sign when I had like first started a couple times. He would walk around and like say what's up to everybody. Um, I've seen Cardi B in the office, but she's a little bit more sneaky than that. I just like, <laughs> I remember seeing her. I like saw this one. We are, our office is connected by one like stairwell that sits over a stage. Mm-hmm. So you can see people coming up and down. I remember just like walking by the stairwell one time and I see this guy coming down and then I see this girl in like a white, like, robe like a giant like floor like floor length bathrobe and i was like i'm gonna walk a little slower i'm i don't who's walking around in a bathrobe right now <laughs> and so then i like meet them at the stairwell just as they're like coming down and it was like cardi b and like uh, a crew of her people and i was like ex- that's exactly who i would expect to be in a yeah <laughs> in the office like, and then a lot of the times it's um like young baby artists who just got signed or who are like in process and they're coming and like doing their rounds and meeting, you know, the people that are assigned to them as far as like the product managers, their digital marketers, stuff like that. So they'll be in and out all the time. And then we also shoot like some content here and we do have a studio in house. So people will come in and out for that kind of stuff as well. Very, cool. very cool. Is there, so you, you've been there, what, about five years? Yeah, just almost five years. I'm old as shit. It's weird. Okay. So has there been any artists that like early on when you were working there got signed and you like sort of got to watch their career just like take off? So the semester I was interning is the semester that Bodak Yellow came out. Okay. That was wild. Um, I came into Atlantic having known Lizzo from like early college like I remember seeing she had this song called batches and cookies and there was this YouTube video for it go if go look it up it's hilarious batches and, and I just cookies. remember being like who you guys have Lizzo like this is like amazing and then her album came out in like 2018 or 2019 and she blew up um as far as other really big people I think people have fizzled in and out. Like I came in just as like Santa gold had came out and she was someone that I was like, that's sick. Um, another band that got really big more in like the rock and punk leaning stuff was this band called swimmers who I was really into. And that's, um, they're not around anymore, but at the time it was, Billy Joe Armstrong's son and a bunch of his buddies from Mm. the Bay Area who put together like a band and they were super fun to see. I like wanted to watch them pop off and then it just kind of like fizzled. Uh. Um, So there's definitely more of those stories. There's a a group right now that just got signed that I'm like really, I haven't been this excited for like a new signing in a really long time. I think they're going to be awesome. It's these two dudes from like New Zealand their name's Balu Brigada. And I just think their music's great. I'm excited to see that. And then um, under Atlantic, a sub label is Electra Records. And there's a bunch of all these like umbrellas and parent companies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So under Electra, there are three labels. There's Electra Proper. There is Fueled by Ramen, which has been like a quintessential like alternative rock label like they have paramore they have panic and disco they have stuff like that mm-hmm. and then roadrunner and roadrunner is um the like legendary like hardcore rock label from like the 80s like they had any like hardcore metal band you could think of back in like the 80s or 90s signed to them at one point and then there's still remnants so they still have like slipknot they have code orange and then they have a bunch of other 
newer artists more in like the punk and hard rock scene that I'm hoping blow up. One of those bands is actually Turnstile. There's someone that was, I got to see in like 2017 or 2018 when they were like babies and they put out an album last year that did exceptionally well. So I saw them once this year already. I'm hoping to see them again. And they're another one I have my full weight behind them. I'm obsessed. So I hope that they just absolutely pop off. Very cool. So like, let's say Atlantic is getting ready to like sign an artist. Um, I guess like, what's your level of involvement with that? Cause obviously like you're on the financial side. Do you like, is there any sort of like, well, we think this artist might be able to produce, you know, X amount of revenue. So here's Mm -hmm. what we should offer. Yeah. They come to me, actually, I give the stamp of approval. I'm the final, the final say on every single person we sign. No, I, um, I, so (laughs) my boss or my former boss, the CFO, he's involved as far as doing what's called like a deal analysis. So he is provided, you know, all of this information about a prospective artist that we're going to sign. And then he goes and takes that and either does it himself or gives it his team. And usually they like run comparison. So they'll like take how their current work is streaming, which is usually like little to nothing when we first get an artist, right? Unless it's someone who's already established, who is just looking for a new contract, stuff like that. But um, he'll take that and then do like comparable analyses of artists that are similar, that they think are similar, see what they're doing and determine whether or not it's a decision that like is profitable or wise or whatever it may be financially the hardest part i think is that like you never actually know or you have someone on the anr side or someone who's even like higher up than him who is like we feel so strongly about this like we have seen their fan base we've seen them live like there's so many other metrics to it outside of the finances where they Mm -hmm. would still be liable to pull the trigger and that's happened often but the finance team is involved just as far as being like here's what we anticipate here's what we say could be like wise as like putting an offer on the table and then from there kind of like meeting the artists at a happy medium as well based on like their expectations very cool. so but me me i don't do finance stuff again i didn't like major in that i'm not like running P&Ls. I'm not like really looking at, you know, a deal analysis. I, my role specifically is more like once an artist has, has been signed and has created a body of work that they're thinking about, you know, sending out into the world. Mm -hmm. I work operationally with like all of the marketing people to kind of determine like, all right, what's going on? What's the plan? How are we going to roll this album out? How are we going to blow it up? what is the tour that you're thinking what tv shows are they going to be on and like let's make sure that all of this is just like feasible and we can make it as effective as we can so that brings me round circle to my uh question that i began before i jumped into lizzo but i was just gonna (laughs) say like how how is it like you have again what people are looking for like people want new music people Mm -hmm. and from whether it be like people who they don't know or in general. So like how, like how does your marketing mind work? Like what is like the first thing you guys are like, all right, we have to attack here first or have to like, I, like create a, I don't know. You don't see commercials. I, I don't know. Like, like walk, walk me through. We just got a new artist. Like, what are we looking at to do? Yeah. So I think when an artist gets signed, they are, they're still working with like their A&R staff. So like, if they have music out, great. And you can get a feel for that and then get a feel for like who you anticipate their clientele is. And also all the streaming platforms do provide a lot of metrics as far as like what cities are like most popular, like who, what is the type of person and all of that data is super helpful for us in order to better hone in on things that we can market towards or get more specific, right? And then once an artist has a body of work and trying to come up with how to like expose the masses to it in a way um you have your regular like ground that you need to cover as far as 
we're going to try and put them on a tour. Like if they're a young artist trying to find an artist, trying to find someone else that they could open for, like that's always big. So tour support's a big thing. We like to get people out on the road, especially if we've seen them perform live already. And like, it really resonates with an audience. Like that's huge. Just getting them in front of people. Um, it helps, especially in this day and age to have a social media presence in some way. Um, mm -hmm. TikTok is a term that's getting thrown around all the time as far as just like developing a presence for yourself and creating an identity for yourself, which is also really important is like helping an artist figure out who they are. Like I know a lot of people who I work, in, work with in marketing here, they'll like sit down with their artists and be like, all right, let's do a vision board. Like show me how you feel you wanna be. Like, how do you wanna portray yourself? What would it look like for you to be successful in like a year or two from now. So collaborating with them and helping them, you know, decide what they want. So it's not just someone else dictating it for them. And also that they are like more deeply rooted in how they want to be portrayed is marketing in and of itself, marketing oneself. Um, other than that, we still do a lot of radio work. So we still have a staff of like a radio and promo team who are talking with regional national radio stations all the time people are still doing interviews all the time and getting their music out there for like quote unquote soccer moms who are like still listening to the radio or you know like uber drivers like you hop in an uber they're listening to something and usually at least in new york it's not their iphones they're listening to something on the radio so that is still going on there's a lot of um time and effort put into like video production, which is like music videos and video content. Um, usually trying to collaborate with a bunch of other like platforms as well. Like we do a lot of like work with Facebook and work with YouTube and stuff like that. Um, digital advertisements are big and that's where like our digital team really has a hand. And that's where, what I was saying earlier, like data gathering is really important. Like any information you can get from a consumer helps to just like drive in a particular direction for someone so that we're not just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks where it's like okay now we actually have a target um so those are those are the top things i can think of like videos tours still getting people out to late night tv shows if they can that happens a lot um and I also think that anything that's like experiential, that's where marketers can get really creative. Like we were just talking about an artist who has a song coming out and they were like, how can we get this guy on a float with a bunch of strippers for <laughs> pride and like play his music in Las Vegas? Like who knows a guy who's got a limo? Like who knows a guy that can connect us with this? So it's, it is a lot of like a collaborative, like, well, what if, how, how could we do this differently? Maybe while also combined with the fact like, Hey, we can't spend $2 trillion on someone who has four songs out. So it's, it's a balance between the two. That's everything though. Like that is everything is getting creative and how to reach people in ways that they don't expect it or. Absolutely. Especially when you're inundated, like everyone, I think everyone is always starving for new music, but yet the market is so saturated with so many things. And so to really carve out something unique is simple, but difficult at the same time, because there's so much that you could be buried underneath as well. And like someone who is really into crate digging or digging through music, I think it's easy to get really excited, but also get really jaded when you're just like constantly sifting for something. There's so, so. much fucking good music out there. And it's so there is it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like I go to I want to show uh, May Halls in Lakewood uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I was going for one band and like all three of the bands, I was just like, yes, <laughs> you guys <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's also the power of live music. You go and see anyone live and all of a sudden you're just going to listen to them for six months straight. Like they're the best thing ever. So exactly. It's, it's awesome. Ah, I love music. It's so good. <laughs> it's it, it just it, it fires it up. It like it gets me fired up at least. 
but oh my gosh sorry tell us a little bit about yeah i'm sorry i just noticed your hat is that a happy dog hat oh yeah it's a happy dog i'm i'm actually looking at the happy dog right now i live right behind it oh my goodness have you gone to like the polka shows there didn't they have a polka night or something yes they do i have not been but i have heard of it though oh my gosh so funny okay sorry that that brought me a little bit of joy. No, Happy Dog so good. Shout out to Happy Dog, Gordon Square, Cleveland, Ohio. Live music, hot dogs. You can put Fruit Loops on your hot dogs. I suggest you Amazing. don't. <laughs> the bacon mac and cheese one's pretty good too. I have tried the slider dog because I mean, come on, you see that on the menu, you gotta have it at least once, right? <laughs> Can't not. <laughs> yeah, no. All all I was getting at earlier is I was just gonna say like, what type of music are you into personally? Like what what have you been, you know, you hop, I guess not hop in the car, you hop on the subway, you got your headphones in, like, what are you throwing on? Um, it just depends on the day. Honestly, I used to listen to music nonstop. I almost had to like taper myself from it. So now like if I, if I don't go into my office, for instance, I like to like take walks in the morning and now I don't listen to anything because I was just like this. I need to like be alone with my thoughts for a sec. And on the subway, I've gotten back into reading. So I'm giving such a lame answer for on the subway. But music that I'm into, music that I like, stuff I'll listen to with regularity kind of runs the gamut. Past couple months slash kind of the past year, I have reverted more back to like alternative rock verging into um classic rock punk and a little bit more like hardcore stuff as of recently so for instance i just started the tv show on hulu pistol which is about the sex pistols and their come up so like past three days that's all i've been listening to is like sex pistols and clash and all of that type of stuff the pretenders um so good so it's it's just like mood dependent when i first started working here we have a lot of you know urban and black music acts that are super talented and so i was like deep in the rap scene for like a year and a half and kind of like burnt myself out of that so i'll just kind of like run through stuff um like while i was into that too then i also like to do like my own research so like i was really into hip-hop bought this book called the big payback that essentially goes through like the entire evolution of hip-hop so i was like doing that on the side while like listening to modern hip-hop which like was super fun and then through that i started listening to like hip-hop from the 80s and like grandmaster flash and salt and pepper and all that stuff so i do really like to like inundate myself in it but um who else anything that comes out that i'm really excited about the arcade fire album i listened to recently that was really good heard you guys talk about florence love love my girl florence have you listened really? to dance fever yet i have and i really like it i think my favorite song on the album is free and then girls against god or something like that i really like it she can't she can't do anything wrong in my opinion i adore her so I have not listened to it yet, but it's on my list. Oh, you gotta. Now I'm, I'm going back. Oh, I as I said before, I like to tie a lot of like educational stuff in with the stuff that I listen to. So like, again, you guys are huge Bruce people. I was thinking beforehand, like an artist that I got into last early last year or in 2020 was Patti Smith. And she, I read her book. I read Just Kids and then like absolutely fell inexplicably in love with her well explicably i guess she's a very lovable person but um (laughs) in her first top 40 hit song was because the night and that was co-written with bruce so i thought that was pretty dope and then hearing stuff like that getting into the background of something and then again anyone i see live i'm just gonna listen to for the next like two and a half months straight are you just stalking like Wikipedia always? Because that's what I do. <laughs> just <Yes>. any, <laughs> anytime I'm like, this band was recommended for me because of this song. Oh, who are these people? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Just doing deep dives. What else was it? Oh, I went through a phase a couple months ago. I um, connected with the 
co-owners of all the Luca establishments in Cleveland. And I started doing playlists for them for each of their restaurants. So like based on, I was essentially talking to them about like, I was had a couple of drinks in me one night when I was back in Cleveland and was telling the woman, I was like, you're doing such a disservice to your places by just like playing top 40, like, let me help you. And she's like, okay, do it. (laughs) So I like started making like different playlists for the three different locations. So for like the one downtown, for instance, I was like, this gives me more of like a lo-fi club vibe. So I was just like deep in Spotify depths of like hotel lounge electronic music <laughs> stuff like that like fine and then i'll like save or starve and then i'm like wait this is actually awesome like who are you so, <laughs> yeah i kind of dig myself into a hole and sit there for a while and like marinate in it and then i'll crawl out and find a new hole you just created a new role like that's that's places need that people creating they playlists absolutely do. Mm-hmm. i i got a little um i got a little confident after that and started like randomly like messaging other restaurants on Instagram. And I had like a whole pitch about it. And I had like one person respond and the other people are like, we already have a staff that does that. Thank you. I'm like, I believe your music taste is probably great. I'm not knocking it. I'm just like letting you know, I'll, I'll take this. I'll take this on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll take it off your hands. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you guys? What's some new stuff or old stuff or any stuff that you've been listening to recently? Mm. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, at least for me. Look. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would say probably just Dave Matthews Band because I just went to a Dave Matthews Band show on Tuesday and we're going this weekend. So at least like in the short, short term, it's been a lot of that. Um, yeah, yeah is the show a blossom no well we we did go to that one but that was a couple (laughs) weeks ago um no it's out in noblesville indiana at deer creek and it's one of the ones it's one of the few ones that he does like back to back and i've never been like a back-to-back show of like one artist so i'm excited to see like 50 fucking songs oh that'll be so fun yeah Yeah. three weeks ago i was there for a three-day fish concert so that was pretty awesome too (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh how was how i've never did you like camp there like what did you do no i i was at an airbnb it was like maybe 15 minutes away from the venue um yeah just went there every night just chilled during the day on saturday and sunday um yeah it's mind-blowing experience If, if you've never been like would totally recommend especially like when it's one of those weekend runs because it's it's like a whole event like they basically have the grateful dead shakedown street there and like just talking to people apparently it follows the tour so that's kind of crazy it's it's just unlike anything i've ever seen but yeah it in a way like it's it's sort of like a continuation of the grateful dead culture obviously dead and company is still around but it it definitely had that feel and a lot of the merch vendors like are selling more grateful dead stuff than fish oh, I stuff bet. i bet that's so fun you guys should do that you should start that for dave you guys should just like rent an rv and do like a vinyl stallions goes live and just like follow dave around the country that's on oh my, my dream goodness. board <laughs> who can i sit down with at your <laughs> office and talk to <laughs> <laughs> that that is an actual dream yeah that would be <laughs> insane it's All like right. hey guys i'm gonna call out real quick like, <laughs> call out for right. a quick six month stint so yeah so well, i'm yeah, looking at through. that point i'd probably just quit my job and it's all right we're going <laughs> <laughs> all in that's the game plan um, all right. So I'm just looking at like my top recent searches on Spotify. And yes, this is a yes. good mix. Uh, so one is never been to Spain by Elvis Presley, which is nice. an incredible song that I just found out about recently from my friend Julius. So shout out to Julius. I have Alejandro Lady Gaga <laughs> posted up right here. I have before the lobotomy Green Day. 
amazing song arguably the best song off that album <laughs> i have listen to your heart by dht <laughs> <Eat. laughs> i have since i've been loving you zeppelin and then i'll end it with uh running up that hill shout out the stranger things love it no Kate way Bush. dude i i literally Dude, I just discovered that song earlier this week. I had no idea. I, the problem is I put it on our so. It, uh, look, no, look, I, I heard it on the radio. Well, I swear, like I just heard it on the radio at work. I had no idea what it was. I was like, that's really good. So Shazam you know what I'll it. say to that? I will say if you just heard it on the radio, what do you know? What what were you like radio station were you listening to? Do you know? Like, was it, it serious? No. So it's all on Amazon. So somebody will just like go up to our Alexa and just be like, Alexa, play blah, blah, blah. But no, usually the person who does it is very indecisive, doesn't want to upset anyone. So they just tell Alexa, play music. Oh, yeah. And you just get it's most most of the time it's top 40 or country pop. But that, oh. for whatever reason that day it was doing 80s what i will say is that song probably this is what happens right i bet whoever their label is because that's like an old song no like pretty yeah, old from the 80s yeah yeah whoever their label is probably started to see an uptick on a streaming platform and saw all these jumps and they're like what the like why what's happening and then didn't somebody a do a cover of it recently no so so that's why i said shout out stranger things i don't know if you either you two watch it yeah but yeah stranger things just bumped that the entire uh fourth season so i recently. bet i bet the whole okay. label i bet the label once they started to see an uptick in streams were like okay let's put some money behind some digital advertising or let's put some money to the streaming services to like plug this into people's algorithms a little bit more Ooh. and get an uptick in that so that's like for an example of that is like do you guys remember the show outer banks oh yeah Jumbie. heard of it never seen it yeah so outer banks and that came out in 2020 it was like all the rage and i think one of the first songs that played in the series was alt j left hand free and people in my office, Alt-J signed to like a sub label under us and mm -hmm. people in our office were like throwing up their hands. Like, why is there this giant spike in this song? Like no one could understand. It was the first, like in my mind, real example of like Netflix or social media or whatever it may be really like popping a song out. So once that happened you start to put like money behind it again because we're like all right let's keep this going like yeah it's like the same thing with that kate bush song that's all the rage right now like someone just caught wind of that and she's probably like sitting in her house as old as she is like who would have thought this would have like a turnaround <laughs> again so it's like both beautiful and scary that like all these people things can just like come back to the surface like you can have catalog stuff all of a sudden be so like marketable and profitable again and that's like what that reminds me of like that song probably came on your amazon alexa for a reason is what i would say Boom. very cool yeah see that's the insight we came for <laughs> it is kate bush shout out i think fun fact david gilmore founded kate bush i read that recently mm. interesting yes and they i know they have I, I think they performed that song together somewhere on the YouTube. But all right, I have a, I have a question. Um, yeah. We talked about a while ago. So you we talked about Atlantic Records. We talked about everything that stems out like side of it. Do they have to go th like through Atlantic Records and then do you guys like filter them down or like are the like Roadrunners and stuff able to like make their own calls? How does that work when it's like signed underneath? So yeah, so um most of the labels were independent unto themselves until they reached a certain size and then it became truly like a merge mergers and acquisitions-esque conversation between two labels so like roadrunner was ingested into electro records back in like the earlier mid 2000s and with that a lot of the times that comes with like their marketing teams all move over um and it really is more of like a financial integration than it is 
a creative integration. Like they still very much have their own style and they are still able to like sign their own acts that are more in line with like what they are or what they mark themselves to be. Mm-hmm. The difference is just like any other like business organization that decides to merge where like now all of a sudden the books are together and they have higher ups that they need to meet certain expectations for. But um, most recent example, I think, let's see, what can I think of? The Roadrunner thing was one. And actually, since I've been at Atlantic, Atlantic used to be like the parent company of Electra Records. And they decided it was best for them because they were so different. And Atlantic was very much more like pop and hip hop. And Electra was more like alternative and rock. And it wasn't fair to kind of, assess the two based on the way they stream based on their audience all of that Mm -hmm. so they like split them out and became two separate entities that both function under warner because it was like you're constantly comparing pop acts that are like super mainstream and stream all the time and all this stuff was a completely different audience than like a motionless and white and slipknot audience right like they're incomparable and so in that case it was easier to look at them separately but um, they were at one point integrated, but it's more, it's more the finances than it is like um, the structure of the company or like the values of the company that all of a sudden have to like align in a very particular fashion. Very okay. cool. Yeah, that's, that's interesting, honestly. Like just yeah. the umbrella of it all. Like I, like most people have no idea that it's huge. under it's- Atlantic. <laughs> There's, there's only three major labels, I would say, and that is Warner Music Group, Universal, and Sony. And any, um, any label that you've heard of probably falls under one of those large categories and is just like an arm or a branch. But that being said, there's also a ton of independent labels these days that don't function under a quote unquote major. At this point, we're also able to like develop a reputation for themselves and work completely independently and have garnered like a lot of artists that they've been able to sign and a lot of acts that are super solid and haven't needed the help of like a major. Interesting. Wow. That, that's crazy. Layers. Onions so have layers. Many, so many layers. Onions have layers. Well, you, all your music has layers. And then think about it. If you go even further than that, like so like you're talking about a company like Sony. So like Sony music is like one component of that enormous business. You know, they sell electronics, like all sorts of stuff. TV, oh, I guess TV is an electronic. No, I, but, I know what you mean. It's like, it's like Warner, like Warner is technically under time Warner, which is a whole other thing to consider. Which yeah, is which aren't they under like AT&T? Exactly. <laughs> that gets too deep for me. I prefer to just like stick in one lane of music. I'm like, that's all I know. I don't, I don't know anything else about anything else. <laughs> that's, yeah, no, it's crazy to think about, but uh, I actually saw something recently about like uh, this exact thing that we're talking about, but with like food and everything, it's all just under fucking Kellogg, Nestle and like all that shit. So it's crazy oh, it to think totally about. totally is. My my fiance yeah. works in that industry. Yes, like they're same thing. There's like a few large food companies that make almost all the food you see in the grocery store. Yeah. And that is why I will take this time to say, support your local farmer. 100%. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's my other love is talking about food and like supporting also the environment all day. So like, I won't, I won't get started on that. I'm going to, I'm going to go with you and say, support your local grower, whomever that may be. You totally can though. I, before we recorded this, I got back from picking up a bunch of fruit from like, I'm, I do like what's called like a CSA. I know exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my fruit share today. (laughs) I love it. I, um, I do this like newsletter thing and I've been considering, going through like CSAs versus um what are they called like just local farmers markets and kind of like explaining mm-hmm. it to people to be like look I swear it's great <laughs> swear it's convenient let's all pitch a hand or something it's great so I hope your fruit share is excellent 
It was. I, I couldn't even wait till I got home. I was just throwing strawberries in my mouth <laughs> on the car. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Lily, you've made it this far through this interview, but there is the encore as always. All right. Clap. I'm going to let you take it from here. So I guess I, I think it's fair to assume that you are an enjoyer of live music, right? Yes. So we Full ask stop. every, every guest this, what is the most like, strange interesting bizarre unique thing that you've ever seen at a live show whether it be one that you were just you know attending maybe you were working there yes. you know maybe you you maybe you were playing who knows oh my gosh so i i honestly knew i knew this was coming i knew it and did my research and i <laughs> i was thinking about it the other day and like racking my brain and i don't know if i'm like fortunate or unfortunate to not have anything that's like super crazy i've never been like puked on or like i don't know i don't nothing that i've observed has been like someone pissed in their shoe and through like i could come up with all these scenarios in my head and i'm like nope can't nope <laughs> nope um but the one that is a big deal i guess is in new york i think it was like 2016 or 2016 I think it was 2016 I believe I could be wrong I think it was summer 2016 they did this music festival called the Meadows and it never happened again and it was in like mm. the parking lot of the Mets stadium so like City Field interesting and it was the concert where Kanye's Life of Pablo album had come out and Ooh. he was like the headliner okay and we were in the crowd listening to Kanye he was like playing songs on repeat he would like stop the song halfway through and be like no nah, run it back and start singing all over again but <laughs> we get 20 minutes in and some guy walks out on stage and says something to him and he goes I gotta go cancels the show and it's done done oh, so no. it, it was the night that Kim Kardashian got robbed in France where like it was like this whole big pop culture thing like she got robbed at gunpoint Wait, and yeah. I was there watching him with my friends the night that he like got the news and walked off stage and like hopped on a flight to France. Holy shit. And we were all like, that. yeah. So we were all like waiting with bated breath. Like, is, is this a joke? Is this an on like what's going to happen? And eventually we were like, no shot. He's coming back on stage. So then everyone's like moving to the subway and we're all sitting on the subway like what the hell what do we think it could have been like haha -ha. like two days later it's like oh no she was robbed and all her jewels were taken and all this stuff <laughs> so that was the most like ridiculous thing that like has happened with an artist and with fans i haven't had anything too too crazy i don't think i would say uh, that's an insane story though. Cause yeah, <laughs> just like the, I guess like the impact of that. And like, like you said, like that story was all in the news and all yeah. that. So that's cool to be part of that. I yeah. mean, in a way, cause in a, in know, a way, on the other hand, you didn't get to see the full show. We but... saw, we saw 20 minutes of a Kanye set and then he walked out, but <laughs> I, I don't blame him for walking out once we learned after the fact, what was happening yeah dude i've never uh been in that position because uh we were just uh the 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 chicks ex dixie yes. chicks had yes. they stopped their show in actually noblesville indiana where club and i are going tomorrow uh yeah. two days ago because she's just like i can't sing she had like one of those shots into her neck to like try to help her out and oh my stop. god um but yeah i i like i mean it happens here and like here and there obviously not often with like shows just being stopped but i couldn't imagine just being in that scenario and be like i came all this way <laughs> right well for us it's like it's at least it's not too bad because it's like it's all in the city kind of it's just um it's exiting a concert like i was just at govball two weeks ago and it's just like Ooh. getting there's no easy way to get out of where a festival is in new york because you only have three options right like you have the train you have a car or an uber or you're like walking in the middle of nowhere. So like walking's out, traffic's gonna be terrible. And then 
the subway is like there's like four lines of people in front of you waiting to pack onto a subway so you don't even know how long it's going to take for you to get on the subway home that you need to get on so that's that's the only downside it's not hard to get to necessarily but it's freaking like I wouldn't compare it to Blossom. It's different than Blossom, but you guys know Blossom traffic. It's like that, but with people is what I would say. <laughs> hurting each other. Fair enough. Yes, exactly. Have, right. have you seen a show at Madison Square Garden? I have. Okay. I Everyone says it's insane. So yeah, what? who'd you see? What was your experience? Most recently, I saw Portugal, the man in Alt J. And that was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I've seen, who else did I see there? I've seen more noteworthy shows in my mind at Barclays Center, which is in Brooklyn, Yeah. but not because of the venue unto itself. Like, it's just so grandiose. It'd be like going to see a show like at, I forget what they call the Cavs Arena, honestly, these days. It's like going to do that, right? It's awesome. MSG's gigantic. But Barclays Center, for me, sticks out. I got to see Paramore there. I've seen Bruno Mars there. I most recently saw Slipknot there and I got to go to the Rock Hall induction ceremony there in 2019. And that was just like stacked with people. So Barclays holds more prominent memories for me, though Madison Square Garden is undeniably super, super sick and super fun. That's awesome. You saw a Slipknot there. They are a bucket list show for me. I don't know why I didn't see them when they were at Rocket Mortgage back oh in gosh. April, but I actually I know why it was on a Sunday, but because I so Spruce lives in Cleveland. I'm actually about like an hour and a half west, out, yeah. just just outside of Toledo. Okay. I don't know if you remember from when you were in Ohio. Yes, but familiar. <laughs> yeah. How, um, how was that though? Cause, you know, rest in peace. There's no more. Jersey. I'm, I, I didn't see him. I didn't see them with him, but I, I will never ever say no. If given the opportunity to go see another Slipknot show, like literally never the production value of their whole show was it's like going to see a mega pop star. Like the pyrotechnics are insane. The stage setup is insane. And it's a bunch of like dudes in their late forties sprinting around stage in masks. Like I swear there was one guy the whole time whose job it was just to like cause chaos around the whole stage the whole time. Like, and they do like a two hour show. They were unbelievable in watching the crowd react to them as well. And the lead singer, I forget his name off the top of my head, but like he is on stage like the whole time and then he'll stop and just like talk about gratitude and appreciation and how like his fans are family and all this stuff and the whole community around it is just something that I think is often like misunderstood so getting to like bear witness to all of that it was I left like totally I I got into a slipknot hole after that show i listened to slipknot for like two and a half weeks straight like i'm like i can't not they're amazing so yeah highly highly recommend it was super super cool yeah <laughs> i need to make that happen i've i've seen stone sour which is oh, yeah. yeah yeah same singer same guitarist i think only the might even be same bass player well at one time because right. Paul Gray has since passed, but yeah. yeah, I need to see Slipknot. <laughs> They're amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you don't have to twist my arm. I'll literally go to any concert. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> I, I I drove up to like Fort Wayne, Indiana with Klepp like the day of. He's like, I got corn tickets right now. You want to come? I'm like, fuck it. Yes. I don't know shit about corn. I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. It's exactly. It's just always a say yes thing. Cause why not? Like, who knows? Why not? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Lily, Lily Richards, everybody, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, like it was honestly a pleasure to just talk and honestly hear this side of music as well that yeah. no one, no one ever talks about really that much. It's all behind the scenes. Yeah. Always, always here. I love to talk. <laughs>
I'll talk about music and anything related to it all day. And it was a pleasure talking to you guys. I so appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're very generous with your time. Thank you. Of course. Happy to do it. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, well, we'll do a little bit of a sign out. My name is Spruce. This is Lily. Uh, I'm Clep. And this has been another episode of Vinyl Stallion. Stallion.